This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Gifted. Please don't make me go. You can keep homeschooling me. Tell you everything I know. No more argument, okay? We've discussed this ad nauseum. What's ad nauseum? You don't know? Wow, looks like someone needs school. Tell me what three plus three is. Everyone knows it's six. Mary, can you stand up, please? Can you tell me what 57 multiplied by 135 is? Okay. Who 7,695. The square root is 87.7 and change. Now, what does ad nauseum mean? I listen to the wind. My soul. I think your niece may be gifted. I am good friends with the headmaster of the Oaks Academy for Gifted Education. No, I promised my sister I'd give Mary a normal life. I think she's got to be here. I've sat upon the setting sun. Who's that lady in front of our door? That'll be your grandmother. Holy It's a MacBook, darling. What are you doing here? You are denying the girl her potential. How many seven-year-olds are doing advanced calculus? You forgot the negative sign on the exponent. Mary, why don't you say anything? Frank says I'm not supposed to correct older people. Nobody likes a smartass. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Gifted, and the story is as follows. Frank Adler is a single man raising a child prodigy, his spirited young niece, Mary, in a coastal town in Florida. Frank's plans for a normal school life for Mary are foiled when the seven-year-old's mathematical abilities come to the attention of Frank's formidable mother, Evelyn, whose plans for her granddaughter threaten to separate Frank and Mary. It is starring Chris Evans, McKenna Grace, Lindsay Duncan, Jenny Slate, and Octavia Spencer. It is directed by Mark Webb and written by Tom Flynn. Joining me for this review, I have Mike from that. Hey, how's it going, everybody? So, Mike, uh, I've, I, I don't know. I'm sure you're very familiar with Mark Webb uh, and the I movies he's directed. Super familiar, and the music videos he's directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about you, but Five Hundred Days of Summer was like one of my favorite films of uh, the year it came out. I really enjoyed that movie a lot, and as I'm watching uh, this movie here, Gifted. You know, a, a, lot, a large part of me was wondering how much attention Mark Webb was going to, like, draw to himself uh, in terms of his directorial style with this movie. Because the only films I'm, like, really familiar with him from are the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the first one, second one, and 500 Days of Summer. Two of them are summer blockbuster films. Uh, the other one is an indie film that has a lot of flair to it. This film is uh, very restrained and very held back, though, and he doesn't really uh, draw attention to himself. I, I want to just say right out of the gate, I thought that was the right move here with uh, the screenplay that they had here uh, in terms of what the story is about. And it really let the performances shine through more so than anything. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a smaller, more intimate story than even 500 Days of Summer is. Um, and, you know, I like that restrained style. I, you know, I'll say it off the bat. Like, I definitely enjoyed this movie quite a bit. 
Um, is it like Oscar worthy or Oscar potential? No, absolutely not. But for what it is and what it's trying to be, which is just kind of like a feel good movie. Um, I think it's, it's definitely a crowd pleaser. People in my audience were clapping at certain scenes and yeah. were pretty excited and pretty engaged with it and laughing at the jokes and stuff. Um, I think McKenna Grace is a revelation. Oh yeah. She's so amazing. Yeah, she, I mean, she elevates, I think, that movie, and, like, that movie, and her character specifically, could have been um, much different with a different actress playing it. She could have came off as very unlikable, but McKenna Grace, the way that she plays in her personality, um, makes her, like, so lovable, and, like, you're rooting for her the whole movie. The kid is just so animated and has such a wide variety of... Um, facial expressions and could convey conveys so many different uh, types of emotions, you know, so much so that I, I honestly thought for a majority of the movie as I'm watching her, I actually thought it was a gimmick, you know. Child actors are really, really tough, you know, to rate sometimes because you don't know how much of it is performance, how much of it is manipulation from the director, I think this kid's really got talent, but what really, really sealed the deal for me was a heartbreaking scene towards the film's third act between her and Chris Evans that almost brought me to tears. Uh, and she was she was that damn good. Yeah, totally. I mean, there were people you know in the theater that were actually crying in my theater. Um, so I totally can see you know where you're coming from. Um, she's great. I mean, she's awesome. And you know, just keeping with the acting. Chris Evans, I feel like, is excellent in almost everything that he's in. Um, I, you know, I've seen movies where I don't necessarily like the movie, like something like Fantastic Four, especially you know Rise of the Silver Surfer. But when I walk out of those movies, I say to myself, "But damn, like he's the best part of that movie. He's a perfect Johnny Storm, um, or he's you know excellent in like something like Snowpiercer." Um, you know, obviously, I, I love the Avengers movies. People will debate me on that, but I think he's a perfect Captain America. Um, so I think he's really great also in this movie. I think he's miscast. In this? Yeah. Really? Why? I think he's, well, I mean, so what's the number one reason why some people are considered miscast is because they're synonymous with another type of role. And I think he is so synonymous now with the Captain America character that when I watch this, I don't see Chris Evans, the actor. I see Captain America trying to be dad. See, yeah, I don't see that at all. I like totally, you know. And sometimes I do have that problem. Like, like, like they couldn't mess up his hair a little bit, like make him look a little bit more like scruffy and not as good looking. <laughs> like, couldn't they like make him look more of a schlob? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I guess, um, but at the same time, like that's just his look. I mean, he's looked pretty much like that in every movie that he's been in. I mean, it's also a plot point in the movie that he's considered hot by like the locals and Jenny Slate, you know, goes out of her way to, you know, like talk to him and she's obviously like into him and he's got like a mysterious factor obviously to him too that helps in many ways. I I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was kind of like the right way to take this character. I really I understand they want him to be like an earnest uh, relatable, like good, good-hearted person, um, and Chris Evans obviously embodies that a lot because he's just so likable. But 
I really, really would have been more interested in seeing somebody that was more of, like I said, like a, like a, like a, sh- basically somebody that's like almost hobo status. Uh, not, not dressing like a hobo necessarily, but just someone that, I don't know, like, let me, let me think of somebody really quick. Um, like Zach Galifianakis? I would have said, yeah, yes. I would have liked to have seen, like, maybe like a Zach Galifianakis thing. Like, I just don't. I just don't think he was right for this role. Now, with all that said, I think he's good, and I've never seen him do a role like this before. And I appreciate that he does something different here, but I just still don't think that he was the right person uh, to cast in this lead role. I really just don't. I think he's way too authoritative, way too commanding. Uh, he. Literally looks like he just got out of the army, you know, with that crew cut and everything. And like, he's so, and he's just so massive in terms of like his build and everything. I just, yeah, it just didn't work for me. Uh, and see why I liked it. And I thought it was kind of like playing into like his looks and the fact that, you know, fucking he looks like Chris Evans, let's face it. Um, is that he was, when he's not with um, Mary, he's a bit of a douche. And, you know, every Friday night he's going out and he's, like, banging a different chick and, like, bringing them home and, you know, basically being a Jersey Shore character and telling them the cab's here, you know, get the fuck out, um, take a walk. And, like, that's a really, like, dick thing to do. And, like, if it wasn't for the fact that Mary wasn't in this movie, you'd actually probably hate his character um, because he's like that. But I think it was just interesting that, you know, they didn't really play into it enough maybe, but... I thought it was interesting that he doesn't really want to be raising this kid. This isn't what he expected to do with his life. And the only times he can kind of get out of that environment is like Friday night and Saturday morning when he's, you know, sleeping with all these random women and getting like pissed drunk. Yeah. You know, when you bring up uh, his life and what he wants his life to ultimately be, um, I want to say that other than McKenna Grace, who is, yes, the highlight of this movie. What really stood out to me with this movie was the relationship between uh, him and Evelyn, his his mother, and how that evolves throughout the movie into something that, um, for me, I, I found to be very profound and very interesting in terms of the dynamics of that uh, relationship and also the ties to his uh, departed sister as well. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it, the relationship was really interesting. And again, I think it, it definitely did evolve um, – he never really seems like he hates her. He just doesn't agree with her. I mean, you yeah. get the fact that these two had a long shared history together where she's disappointed him almost his entire life. But uh, but what I really but what I really love about that is, you know, they have that scene where um she kind of reveals to I believe it is to Mary um what her life was like before she got married and had kids. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And how that experience of going through that ultimately changed the trajectory of her life and how, you know, sometimes we end up going through the motions of life in many ways. And sometimes we don't take charge of our lives um, to do ultimately what we want. And when we just go with the flow of things years later, we look back and we say, how did we end up here? And she's that kind of a character. And she doesn't realize that she's doing the same thing to the other members of her own family. And I, I like I said, I just really, really liked that a lot because I think that's a very relatable um, 
component of you know human life um the idea of taking charge of your life and not having people influence it even if the, those are the people that are supposed to be closest to you like family um I, I found that part of it to be the most interesting aspect of the movie overall i completely agree yeah it was interesting that she's kind of living her life through her children in many ways um she's like one of those overbearing parents that you know their their life's ambition was never reached so I'm just going to live it through my child. Um, so definitely was a cool lens to like see that movie through. Yeah, Tywin Lannister, I think, would have been a huge fan of this character. <laughs> totally, absolutely. <laughs> In terms of just like you know carrying on the legacy and the family name and what that ultimately means. Um, oh my god, Chris Evans is totally Tyrion. <laughs> now, I want to ask you this question. Who did you side with? Because I thought the film gave a really, really good equal value to both sides of the argument. Uh, one coming from Evelyn that Mary should be placed in a school that is catered more so to her gifts and she can unlock her true potential and maybe do some good in this world. And then Chris Evans, who just wanted her to have a normal life because that's what he believes his uh, uh, his sister, her mother, would have wanted. I, you know, it was tough because there were times where I was totally, you know, on um, the side of Chris Evans' character. And there was other times where I was totally on the side of Evelyn, you know, the grandmother. Um, They really did a good job of showing both sides. And with something like this, Evelyn could have easily turned into a cartoon villain. Yeah. um, Who's, you know, twirling her mustache at her plot to, like, get the grandchild. But it never became that. It was always – I understood – the reason why she was doing the things that she did in trying to, you know, get Evelyn to uh, get Mary to unlock her full potential. Now, I want to say in regards to that, though, is that I do think there is a moment in the movie where it does get to that point. And it's when uh, the film's third act starts. Um, there's this heartbreaking moment between uh, Mary and um, Chris Evans' character, whose name whose name is escaping me over and over. I can't remember his name in this movie. I just keep... I just keep calling him Captain America pretty much the whole time. Oh, my God. Um, but anyways, Captain America and his niece, uh, they, have a heart, they have a heartbreaking moment. Frank. What, what a boring-ass name. <laughs> Frank. I'll give you that. Well, anyways, Frank and his niece have a heartbreaking scene together. And the movie kind of hits a point where you as an audience member really don't know how this is going to end. Did you feel that way? At a certain point? It, it kind of works itself into a corner. That's exactly, yes. That, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like they wrote themselves into a corner. Absolutely. It's because of the fact they did such a good job of showing both sides. It was almost like the writers and the director kind of threw their hands up and they're like, well, shit, like, how do we pick one? And because how do we get out of this? such a well job. And, and yeah. that's when the mustache twirling... Uh, moment kind of occurs towards the end and Uh, you're fully now on Chris Evans' side at this point. It it did seem to come out of nowhere as a means to we gotta write ourselves out of this corner. Because what they they ended up choosing, uh, like I said, as we head into that third act, the reason why it was so heartbreaking, the reason why it worked so well was because it felt so real. Like, like, this w- would be the likely outcome, the likely scenario in a real-world situation. And if the movie had ended there, that would be obviously not a crowd-pleaser, but, man, would this movie have balls. 
Yeah, it was never going to end there. I mean, it's just the kind of movie that it was trying to be. It was never going. That was never going to happen. But like you would, you would have had something like a like a Manchester by the Sea like ending, where it, it, you know what I mean. It leaves it open. I mean, this film could have ended in a scenario where it could have left it open. Like, is the girl going to be okay? Is Chris Evans going to be okay? Like, is everyone going to be okay? We don't know. You know, like let's leave it open for you to decide. You know what I mean? I will say, I mean, I, the third act was a complete head-scratcher to me, and I definitely did, like, shake my head when I saw where this was all going, and I was just like, oh, man, okay. But I have to say, when I walked out and, you know, I, I took some time to, to think about the movie a little bit, I ultimately was happy for the happy ending. You know, I loved the ending of Manchester by the Sea. I thought it was infuriating when I first watched it, but upon repeat viewings, I did love that ending. Um, but with this, I was just happy to have a happy ending and kind of walk away and was just like, oh man, I was satisfied. Like, I enjoyed that movie. Like, I wasn't, you know, it was just fine. But I have something I actually want to bring up to you. Yes. Um, because I haven't really seen this anywhere else. I thought the film had really weird pacing problems. Like, about an hour in, I was like, oh man, this has got to be over soon. And then, like, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh shit, this has only been going for an hour. I feel like I've been sitting here two hours already. Well, yeah, but it's when it's when that film hits that third act. You know, another like a surrogate family is kind of like brought in. Um, I don't know. It's it's very like syrupy and slow. Like I, you know, it's never it's never quick paced. Like I always enjoyed it, but I felt the runtime. See, I disagree. I thought it was quick paced. It's only like an hour and forty minutes long, honestly. It's short, but I just felt like, you know, I felt that whole hour and 40 minutes of sitting there. I hear you. But it could have just been me. I hear you. Um, the other thing, too, I want to um, bring up here um, is it's just minor little nitpicks. Nothing nothing crazy, but little nitpicks because, you know, I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> there's a shot. I think it's sunset, and it's on a beach. It's towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And Frank is talking to Mary. The camera is out wide. Very strange. <laughs> Frank has Mary on his shoulders. And this shot goes on for like a minute. Clearly, like they're talking. You hear the dialogue, but you don't see their lips moving. It's clearly a voiceover. Yep. And the camera is struggling. It's bopping up and down trying to keep the two of them like in frame. And it was just like, why did we need this shot in this movie? Oh my god, did that annoy the ever-living crap out of me. Yeah, I I watched that. I was like, wow, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. um, (laughs) This is so strange. The other thing I want to nitpick about here, because we also haven't really uh, brought her up, is Octavia Spencer. Totally wasted in this movie. I don't see why she had to be in the movie in terms of her character and what she added to the overall plot. I liked her character. I mean, her character was fine. But for an actor of the caliber of Octavia Spencer, I just think she was just totally, like, uh, wasted in this film. Like, they wasted her talents. Mm-hmm. She had such an underutilized role. I mean, it was, like, she was completely marginalized. Yeah. So another person, too, on top of this is Jenny Slate, who pops in and out of the storyline with very little to do, only when it's convenient to the lead character, Frank. And quite honestly, I I really felt like she was more so objectified, more so than anything, in this movie as his love interest. 
more so than having, once again, an impact on the plot necessarily, especially as we get to that third act. I feel like she just is so inconsequential to Frank that they have a scene together like on the boat and he kind of like blows her off pretty much. Uh, And it's like, yeah, like I don't see like what you're adding to this situation other than trying to be supportive right now. Like, like she, like she's there because once again, it's like they wrote the storyline to include this character, wrote themselves in a corner, and they don't know how to make her matter by the end. They check the box, obligatory sex scene. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. That 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 answers it right there. Also, too, I mean, they were <laughs> dating uh, in real life. Chris Evans really? and Jenny Slate. Yeah, they're no longer together now, but they had a relationship for I think like two years or something like that. Oh, wow. I have no idea. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe it was a personal request by Evans to have her in the movie. I have no idea. But in any event, though, uh, final thoughts on the film. Great out of 10. Oscar potential. Uh, I liked it. You know, it's not my favorite film of the year. But it's definitely something I would recommend to people. Um, You know, I was recently telling some people, like, to go see it, go check it out. It's definitely a fun movie it's definitely a feel-good movie you leave happier in the theater than when you first got there um you know mckenna grace i think is fantastic and i think she's gonna have a huge career um yeah i mean i I think the movie is just fine it's it's a fine fine film it's not great it's not bad it it just falls right in between which is a little bit of a shame giving you know mark webb's pedigree um i think this movie is better than the last few spider-man films so maybe he's on an upswing but, um, yeah, graded a 10. I would give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I don't think there's any Oscar potential at all. Okay. Um, I'm also going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, mind you, I was going to give it a lower grade. But if your film can manage to bring tears to my eyes in a very genuine manner, which this film does, um, you instantly get one point higher. So 7 out of 10 for me. I was originally going to give it a 6. Um, the film has problems with the third act. Lots of problems. And everything that comes before the third act, I think, is really well done. But once again, they write themselves into a corner. They don't know how to use the supporting characters to help um, the lead characters get out of the situation that they're in. Everything just feels like it's written way too conveniently. And it wraps up a little too quickly for my tastes. So I think Gifted is a great crowd pleaser film. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people. My audience seemed to really love it when it was all said and done as your audience did, Mike. So I do recommend this movie. I don't think it's going to be the best thing you see all year. I also don't think it's going to be the most memorable thing you see all year. Oscar potential is a zero. Um, I, (laughs) yeah, there's no way that this is going anywhere uh, to the podium. That's for sure. And at the end of the day, the price of admission really is McKenna Grace. She is absolutely incredibly gifted in this movie. No (laughs) pun intended. I just want to say, Gifted is certainly the best film to come out this weekend. Because I also saw Going Out with Style, and that was horrendous. So, Ah, All right, well, I am very, very sorry to hear that. I did see Colossal, though, and I actually thought that was pretty damn good. So, in any event, though, uh, Gifted is is fine. It's fine. It's not offensive or anything like that. It's it's a fine movie. You know, go out with the family to see it. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Take grandma with you while you're at it. Anyway, Mike, where can they find you on Twitter? 
As always, you can find me on Twitter at VampDT89. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Be sure to leave us that review on iTunes, and we will see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.